Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. This is the Joe Hoff Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Good afternoon. This is Joe Hoff, and good morning and good evening. Uh, no matter where you're at in this beautiful big world, and thank you for listening in on today's show. Hey, we've got a lot in store for us. I've got a guest that I've only, I believe I've met him in person. I've been in the same room with him. I know that. Can't recall if we if we were introduced or not, but he's going to be joining us here after the break. Chris Street, he is, an, he is a financial expert. He's formerly from Orange County. Now he's with Shasta County in California. And wait until you hear what he has to say about the state of California, excuse me, financially in this uh, Today, it's it's an entire mess. It's not being reported. This will be breaking news at the Joe Hoff Show. All that's going on there, it is a total mess. And uh, we'll be breaking that today uh, after the first uh, this first segment into the second segment. So look, for, look forward to having Chris join us. Lots going on again over the weekend. It's just, uh, you know, this crazy world that we live in. The, the Biden lunacy continues day after day after day a massive takeover of the united states they're trying to destroy us in every way i was listening to a couple interviews this morning one from uh retired colonel uh john mills who will be joining us this week as well uh, he's been talking about just uh, the devastation around the world he talks about china in the uh in the china sea and how they're trying to basically take over waters by building islands they're continuing with that under biden and that is their tactic then to say that they own that section of the sea. The U.S. is ignoring them and just treating that sea mass that China's claiming this is theirs now due to the fact they built a couple islands as in ignoring it. So there's that going on in in the in the in, in the Far East. We've got Taiwan coming up with an election. I guess the Chinese candidate who's a guy that's uh, intricately involved with the uh, chips, especially those that are used in Apple uh, machines and phones, is is intricately connected to China. He was the Chinese candidate. China was hoping they could steal Taiwan the same way they've done with Hong Kong in a soft coup where they slowly take over the country. They still are. They're not giving up. But but this guy has resigned. He's not going to be running for president now. So... In essence, the uh, conservatives uh, are going to win in Taiwan. Those people that want the freedom of Taiwan and don't want to have anything to do with China, God knows what that's the end result's going to be there. And and quite frankly, with uh, elections anymore, you have to be on top of them a thousand percent, or they will be stolen. Certainly, China would love to see a candidate win uh, that's pro-China, and that's how they could uh, overcome any any laws and, and regulations etc in that country to steal that country that's what's going on in america today that biden regime is wholly owned by china we know that we know that they've received millions of dollars maybe billions actually if you look at Hunter biden that billion that he received from china 
that gave China a tremendous amount of capital that they desperately need. Their economy is even worse than ours, and ours is a mess. That's the Biden regime, too, trying to just destroy this country. They're spending money out of sight, $6 trillion a day or a year. We're finding out that with between September and December this year, we're going to see an additional trillion dollars added to our debt. I believe it's $33 trillion now. It'll be $34 by the end of December. Within one quarter, they're adding more debt, a trillion dollars. This is the Biden regime, absolute um, destroyers of this country. I saw a piece this morning, just another video, another clip of, of people walking across the southern border uninhab uninhibited. Just walk right across. I believe it was a border crossing that was shut down. Now they're just walking them across. They're just coming across this border crossing from Mexico. And again, mostly men of military age. Where are these people going? It is so frightening what's happening to our country. Uh, there's a Trojan horse that's coming in again. We'll have guests this week. John Mills, for example, will be talking about this. Tomorrow, uh, we're going to have Michael Yan, who's down at the border. He's been down in Panama. I, he's a, he's a world-renowned reporter uh, since the Iraq War and Afghanistan. He's been in all these hotbeds. He's been in a number of countries around the world. And he's been focusing on that southern, southern border now for, for months. His reporting's unbelievable. The stuff that he's seeing coming out of there. It's just uh, unbelievable. So thrilled to have Michael with us tomorrow. And of course, we have Mel K coming on later in the week as well. So great lineup already for this week. Uh, it was starting it off with Chris Street, which is going to be a lot of fun. So much stuff going on. I guess today, the big news for me, and I want to, maybe we could get a little uh, uh, applause after this or some sort of uh, ring up for this announcement. Here, some sort of, bomb dropping. We've got something big coming out right now on the Joe Offshore. We will be announcing Holy Chimoli Joe Hoft has been invited to a recognition dinner and luncheon uh, by Abel Child uh, in Florida they're going to be recognizing Steve Bannon, James O'Keefe, and Joe Hoft for their great work. And that will be in February. We'll be announcing that later today at joehoft.com. Abel Child has information on that as well. Bannon, O'Keefe, and Hoft, a great combination. We'll be announcing that later today. I'll put details out on joehoft.com. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you to Abel. Child, congratulations to Steve. Thank you very much. And congratulations uh, to James O'Keefe as well. James, of course, and Steve have been through hell uh, for standing up for the truth. And I, I can relate to uh, the, uh, my story is, you know, attacked by Media Matters. Uh, watched a massive censorship at the Gateway Pundit when I was writing daily there. Still contributor at the Daily, at, at, at the Gateway Pundit. And um, now with the radio show, we've also been attacked by Ruby and Shay, the mother-daughter team in Georgia, who uh, we believe committed crimes in Georgia on election night when they grabbed ballots, shoved them through machines multiple times, and uh, ran up the votes for Joe Biden. And it's uh, that, by the way, that case is moving forward after two years 
there's some more depositions today. I'll just break that news on the Joe Hoft show, and I'll be. I hope to be listening in after the show. Uh, Ruby and Shay uh, will in the case the um, what who's being brought in today is some individuals from uh, the state government of Georgia who said everything was fine. Basically, it was fine. Hide ballots under tables. It was fine to bring people, uh, you know, to kick the, uh, the the observers out of the room. All these things go against uh, Georgia law. And that it was fine to shove ballots through multiple times. This, these people are being questioned today in a deposition by Ruby and Shay's attorneys, as well as hopefully our attorneys will get some time with them, too. So that's going on today. We're still we're still battling these monsters who've stolen the 2020 election. I, I it was I heard, you know, Bannon, excuse me, say it this morning on one of his shows in, in, a, in a tape just outright. This election never should have. He did not win. We all know that 81 million is so disgusting. These people are such liars. The only way they could do it was with machines. No, pro, you know, processes prevented, you know, you know, totally set up to uh, steal the election for Biden. Uh, for example, no chain of custody, uh, drop boxes, which we found like were illegal in Wisconsin. 200,000 ballots were dropped there. Most for sure, Joe Biden, he only won by or was didn't win by. He stole the election by 20,000 in Wisconsin. This is after a late night drop, drop of 140,000 ballots just for Joe Biden only, which put him 20,000 ahead of President Trump. So Trump was winning by more than 100,000 with all their massive cheating. They had to do then a drop and no. Nobody did a thing. You have corrupt Republican running the Senate there. His name's Robin Voss. Corrupt as hell. He's just a monster himself. And that was the problem. As Rudy has said on this show, Rudy Giuliani, he went to all these legislatures. And I write about this in my book and the third book in the series, The Steal, where I, I say, Rudy says, hey, uh, we went to all these legislatures. They didn't do a thing. They were so-called Republican legislatures. And yet, they wouldn't listen. He said in every legislature, there was two or three people who called themselves Republican who were not going to change their minds and not going to vote for more and further investigation into the election. And therefore, the elections were stolen in those states due to their lack of effort. He said in every state out of the four or five that he visited, that was the case. A shame, a shame. And that's what's going on. We've got a bunch of rhinos in the Republican Party that don't care about America. God knows what they care for. I guess they're Democrats. They're some of the worst. Raffensperger in Georgia, another Republican signed off on that election in Georgia and really uh, allowed the theft to happen. He, after even announcing on election morning that uh, no way yeah, Trump's not going to win, three days later, he awards the election to Joe Biden. Talk about in your face. And that's what we're facing now. So anyways, unbelievable stuff uh, that has occurred in that election. You can read all about it in my books, The Steal. We've, we've sold thousands of these books uh this week it looks like my book will be uh that's been translated into italian will soon go on sale in italy can't wait to see the final version there they'll be selling it and, and italians are going to be blown away they say well how could you steal an election they don't have machines they have same day voting it's all paper ballots you go in with a booklet you uh hand that to the individuals they check at your local school where you go into you know where you're supposed to go uh, they check in that you're on the voter roll they make sure you have an id they check that then you go vote then you come back they stamp your booklet so you can't go anywhere else 
and then they uh, then they hand you back your ID and you leave. It's all done on election day. The only exception are for the military that are allowed uh, absentee ballots. That's it. And that's it. Paper ballots. It's all counted by by 10 o'clock at night. They know the results. They know the results for the state and the country. So that's what we should have in America. Again, uh, there's a lot of people pushing for these machines. And, and the people that are pushing are the crooks, the criminals. I'm telling you, if anybody wants to be a free and fair uh, society again, we've got to get back to paper ballots. And we all know that. Good friend David Clements will be coming out with a documentary here in a week as well. Uh, we'll have, know the exact date. We'll get David back on the show. He's, his uh, his uh, movie, Let My People Go, is going to be available soon for purchase. It's a brilliant movie. He's got a new trailer out. You can see that at joehoff.com, one of the top posts there. Another thing going on, uh, Anna Paulina Luna uh, came out. She sent an email over the weekend, and uh, I, I basically had some communications with her over the weekend. She sent this letter to um, the um, Jack, Jack Smith, the criminal in charge of uh, the Trump uh, indictments. He's a he's a monster. He's not fair and free. He's a he's a criminal. And he um, uh, her question is, how can you indict President Trump in D.C. on these crimes, which the Supreme Court's already ruled you can't indict people on uh, the crimes the way that he's doing it? She's asking for his response by the 15th, and she's demanding it. That was the date that uh, they've asked for it, and so far they haven't heard boo from Jack Smith. So he's going to have to do some legalese to get around the fact the Supreme Court has already ruled against him and his plot to take down President Trump in the D.C. court with a corrupt judge, a corrupt judge whose parents were Marxist radicals, and she is as well. Her husband was as well. She's an Obama judge in D.C., just another monster working with Jack Smith, ignoring the fact that she said horrible things about Trump. She still thinks she's non-biased and and is going to be a free and fair judge when President Trump's asked for Changes in the in the, in the case due to the massive crimes by Jack Smith, etc. She ignores President Trump. She shoots him down. She's allowed gag orders. This lady's a she's a monster. And this is who's uh, running our country right now with Joe Biden. We've got to stop uh, this madness. We've got to vote Trump in. I, I saw a couple tweets uh, early this morning. Put a piece up at JoeHoff.com. Everybody, whether it be foreigners. Or U.S. Good people know we've got to get President Trump back in the White House because this country is going to hell quickly. Massive debt, everything else that's going on is just frightening. So, just wanted to share. It's a crazy world. A lot of things going on, and uh, we will be talking in particular about California next. You're not going to believe what's going on there, and with our guest Chris Street. So we'll be right back after this break. You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing, but subsequently liberating. Uh, Certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a 
teenager. It's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company. Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio TNT. The light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. They've launched a new service called Wake Up Your Neighbours where you can get copies delivered to the streets right around you if you don't want to do it yourself. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk So many people who had no history of heart illnesses have got it now, or blood clotting after the COVID-19 vaccination. Punish those who hurt people with COVID madness. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. We're back. This is Joe Hoft on the Joe Hoff Show here at TNTRadio.live. Glad you're here. I've got an excellent guest today. I'm really anxious to just really jump into the weeds and start talking to him real quick here. But let me introduce to you from the great state of California, Mr. Chris Street. Chris, welcome to the show. Nice to be here, Joe. Yeah, a great, to, great to meet you. I mentioned during uh, the short break we had here. Uh, that I, you and I go back a ways, and you don't know it, and I didn't know it until recently, but I wanted to tell you a little tidbit. I uh, was in Hong Kong for about a decade, from 2011 to 2020, and I was over there as an international uh, executive for a Fortune 500 firm, and I think you know this, but while I was there, I wrote my first book. My brother Jim had started uh, The Gateway Pundit in around 2004. That was growing, and I decided, what could I do? And I decided to write a book. And in 2016, I started writing daily for Jim. And we both fell in love with Trump. And, and then I started writing daily for him from that point forward. But in 2000, probably 12, 13, I started on my first book. And it's the title of the book was Falling Eagle, uh, Rising Tigers. And what I was trying to do is this was Obama. Obama's in place. This country is, you know, falling apart. I could see it from overseas. And uh, especially economically, massive spending. And um, so I wrote this uh, book taking various things that were happening in, in Asia Pacific. So Asia, Asia and Australia, New Zealand, and the good things and suggesting these are the things that are working over here. We should we might want to consider them in the U.S. One of the things that I mentioned was a tax regime. I mentioned that Hong Kong has a tax regime. It's the simple. It's rated number one in the world every year by some of these uh, big four firms. It's simple. You have one form, whether you're an individual or a corporate, and uh, so it's r- relatively simple. And um, they end up it, the the rates. The max is like sixteen percent. Maybe that's seventeen percent now, maximum, whether individual or corporate. And um, and they always end up with the surplus. And so. It was like amazing. So I started writing about this and I was comparing it to the U.S. And um, in this book, I wrote I wrote the following. I had a chapter where I talked a bit uh, in, about taxes and then I had this piece. And it's it, here's, here's the wording. Revenue collections are a big deal as exemplified in the state of California. 
throughout 2012, California Controller's Office reported materially less revenues than the prior year. The reason for the decline in tax collections was due to businesses and successful people leaving California for the lower tax rates available in more pro-business states. Well, what I didn't realize until re recently is that article came from Exodus. Uh, the name of the article was Exodus, California Tax Revenue Plunges by 22%. And it was uh, from Breitbart. And the author was uh, Mr. Chris Street. <laughs> that was too small from, so a small world. I just wanted to tell you that I, I recognized you 10 years ago when I didn't even know you. And uh, so great work. You've been on top of this California situation for years. And even then we were talking about how people were leaving the state because of the taxes. And there was an example, 50% of a guy's income that was maybe making 50,000 or, or, or less is still going to the state. It's like, how do these people make it? It's just insanity. So congratulations on, on uh, being in my book and, uh, and and anxious to hear your thoughts on all of this, especially what's going on today. Well, Joe, you know, California, um, it, the good news of California is it's wildly disruptive. Lots of ideas start and end here. Um, the, the good news about it is that you can reinvent yourself on a Monday, Tuesday or Friday um, and people will go with you. Now, all of that is a strength, but it's also uh, it, it also makes the horizon for uh, economics really, really quick here. You know, things come, they get uh, traction, they get a wider footprint, they explode nationally, go whatever. Then they get bought out because the people who are the spark plugs aren't necessarily the management types. So you get a lot of this sort of serial entrepreneur here. And, you know, you just, when you're in California, you know, people are coming in, going out, um, most folks don't realize that uh, by 1982, California bank deposits had exceeded New York. So this is nothing new. Um, but it, it, in California, you sort of look back in the history of it. And every 45 years, California leads a brand new economic boom that takes America to a new higher high. And then we lead uh, a crash, which you know, really uh, starts something uh, very disastrous in the country. But the good news is this is compacted. So, you know, you don't really go into actually shooting each other. Now, if you lived in Hong Kong, you understand that the dynasties of China are these beautiful, wonderful two, 250-year dynasties. But when it's over, they take off 100 million heads all the way down to the seed so that family can never come back, right? Yeah. Wow. Isn't that and, something? By, by the way, Chris, though, let me, before we continue with this, maybe you could tell us a bit about your background, because I, I, I've heard you were instrumental with Orange County, and now you're in another county. I'm sorry right. to interrupt, but maybe tell us a bit about yourself, because I'm sorry I didn't ask earlier, but you've got a heck of a resume as well. When you start mentioning this stuff, there's a lot of uh, uh, support behind it. What what can you tell us about your your a brief history here? Well, I, um, I I'm always a sort of curious fellow, and you know I grew up in in Santa Clara. My mother was the first woman city councilman in Santa Clara, and I sort of knew why Santa Clara was Silicon Gulch. People won't realize this, but Santa Clara 
you know, being a bunch of Portuguese back in 1900 wouldn't sign up for uh, PG&E and this new, you know, electric utility. They formed their own utility, built transmission lines to the Feather River, joined with Palo Alto and several other communities across California. And, you know, uh, 67 years later, they have electric wholesale costs from water of less than one cent per kilowatt hour. And they use that to sort of allocate it to corporations to get them to move here. Um, and that's really the secret of Silicon Gulch is the costs are lower. But I grew up in this environment, saw this. Of course, to me, it was all about money. So I became, you know, went, went on to, you know, to a financial education and became the, one of the largest uh, bond brokers in the Western United States, if not the largest. And so I was, so as a young man, I was sitting moving, you know, billions of dollars, uh, you know, from one ledger to another. And through that process of all things, Joe, you'll love this. My wife was on the junior league and she was involved in all these charitable issues. And one day she came home and goes, oh, you know, the, 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 the treasurer of the city of Newport Beach just got uh, arrested for embezzling, um, uh, I think I think it was five million dollars in spending the money on impressionist art, and the the assistant treasurer of the local school district, um, a guy that made seventy eight thousand dollars a year, uh, drove a Rolls Royce convertible and owned nine cars, um, just got arrested by the FBI for embezzling seven million from the from the richest school district in the United States. So I went from this financial Wall Street, you know, uh, big world to the local world of uh, my local school board. Um, and then I went on to sort of through the process of the school board, I realized that the school board was going to bail itself out from this embezzlement. And Joe, you got to love these people. The embezzlement was wiring mon money from the health and welfare account of a school school district into this guy's shoe repair. Now we all know that computers have computers, computers have banks, banks have computers to look for, you know, strange transactions. The number they had was seven. I thought it was closer to 15, but I decided to get involved in this. And I realized the school district was going to double down on their trouble by going to Bob Citron, the treasurer of Orange County, who was one of my clients. I had I did bond trading for him on the pension plan. I, I found out that he had a $7 billion pension plan, a really big number at that time. And, and I was a key uh, you know, person he went to to buy and sell bonds because I'm very detailed-oriented. Um, and he was very detail-oriented. I didn't know that on the side, he had a $20 billion investment account that literally he was leveraging payroll four and a half times and eventually got to 26 and a half billion. He was investing in five-year bonds. Um, if they if he bought them and they went up, Joe, he would sell them and book a profit. If he bought them and they went down, he'd portfolio them because he didn't have to mark to market any change in these values. So therein started, you know, I, I ruined my relationship with this guy in this huge account because I thought he was insane. 
and I couldn't imagine he could get away with it. So that's that's my real background of how I come here. So I get involved and eventually expose him at, through uh, Alan Abelson in Barron's, did a big write-up, and you know the you, you have the largest municipal bankruptcy in the history of the world, and the most Republican county in America, the most conservative place, went bankrupt. And you found, once you sort of moved the smoke away, that they did everything that the left did, only they did it better because, you know, conservatives are better with money. Oh so that's God. kind of my background. Jeez, but didn't you start then uh, working for the county at one point then with Orange County? Well, I, you I did with eventually. I, I, um, after they went into bankruptcy, first they fought me. I, I went to the bankruptcy and turned around the bankruptcy you never heard of, which was their pension plan. So they had a they had this payroll account that went, you know, drove the county into bankruptcy. On the side, they were doing similar things in the pe- in the pension plan. I came in, restructured that, went out, did my thing. I was running large companies at the time. Um, and then came back in 2006 when they got into trouble again and uh, became treasurer of Orange County. And I ended up sitting on when the state got in trouble because I had this history and everybody knew it. I ended up sitting on a five-member panel with the state of California treasurer to try to make payroll in 2009 and 2010. So, you know, and and uh, you, you sort of saw where that, that they came ever so close, you know, to, to losing it all. And, and we were trying to do all these strategies and you'd love the left. You know, they talk big over here. When they were coming in, when they were going to lose their job, they'd sell out all their ideology. So we had, we, we saw every angle. <laughs> you know, they're, they're flexible ideology. They're, they're flexible yeah. ideology. You know, if I get paid, it's good. If you get paid, well, I don't care. Um, but yeah. so anyway, all of a sudden out of nowhere, employment turns up and cash starts rolling in. And everything we've worked on for two years, every way we've, you know, tried to, you know, move these deck chairs around, you know, they just forget about and go on. So mm. uh, I go on with this and Paul calls me, Paul Preston calls me in 2014, goes, Chris, California is going to go bankrupt. And I go, I know. <laughs> and he goes, we're starting a movement. I want you here. I want you to join us. And I said, I won't. It's not time. And so, you know, he went on his way and built a lot, started to build an organization. I came on in 2019. I called him up, sort of cold called him and say, Paul, it's the right time. And so I'm now the CEO of the New California Movement, an effort to, uh, you know, create two states out of California. Yeah. And what, what, what about that intrigue? Maybe you can explain to the people that don't know. Uh, what that is, uh, I, I know that it's built around the uh, West Virginia model from the Civil War. What what can you tell us uh, about that and, and where you're at right now? Well, we've built an organization now with you know fifteen with uh, four hundred thousand followers. You know we've we've got an organization across all fifty eight counties, and what the issues that we have been preparing for is I believe California will have an existential financial crisis. Um, and, and an existential financial crisis is one that cannot be bailed out by the federal government of the United States. The numbers in California are so large on the upside, they're just even larger on the downside. So when I was here in, in uh, on this five-member panel in 
2009 and 2010, state revenues had dropped from 90 billion to 70 billion, and literally they couldn't make payroll. Today, um, they just had an announcement, I guess, Friday, that uh, the state now has a $30 billion uh, deficit and will have similar deficits over the next three to four years. My number's actually higher. Now, um, trying to bail out California when you're talking about $50 billion deficits, the entire discretionary income, uh, discretionary spending, you know, all the Christmas ornaments that politicians can do for friends, that the total discretionary budget, 750 billion, but about 400 billion are really about health and safety. You, you, you can't get that money. So there's only 350 billion for all 50 states. California to be bailed out, you'd have to give them 50 billion. You have to take away one out of every seven uh, dollars of, of discretionary spending for Congress. Imagine that, Joe, taking away their lifeblood that gets them elected. So wow. you know, we're, we're, in a, we're in a situation now where it's actually accelerating on the downside. The problem here is one of the reasons that you went to China. The yeah. globalization boom. California yeah. was the, I mean, they, they were the predatory position on this absolute economic boom that started with a, a tax revolt in all places like California, Prop 13 in 1978. In comes Reagan, you know, riding the coattails of this effort. He cuts capital gains rates in the U.S. from, I believe, uh, 87% to 28% yeah. wow. and kicks off the largest venture capital boom in yeah. the history of the planet. Yeah. And, and that uh, was that those were taxes. No, those were taxes on individuals that were like in, in investing in in uh, in all these ventures, I guess. So he cuts right. that. Now there's money to go to the ventures. Common sense stuff. But how do you even, you know, do you know, how can you even do business with with rates like that? And uh, so it's kind of common sense. And Trump as well did some cuts that just lifted this economy. It's uh, well, it's. You know, I, I think that I'm going to I'm going to say that that these cycles, you know, ha have a life of their own and they go up, up. It's it's sort of like going up the steep escalator up, but it's the express elevator down. Um, and, you know, Trump, Trump wasn't so much the answer, Joe, is he's like he he's like a, you know, a, like like a cricket with antenna going around and he feels this he's been in the development business he has this sense of proportion and, and which way the crowd's going he saw this and when he came down that escalator he knew he was coming down not not to washington he was coming down to the people so right. his policies were common sense policies but quite frankly he was early um because all crisis you know, never get resolved when you could really handle them. They've got to blow up to a position where they're just, you know, un, un, uh, unimaginably difficult to, there are no administrators or managers that can, can really, you know, make this effort. So we're now reaching that here in California. This thing has been extended to the point 
where you know the the losses are so large they would take down the federal government and its credit rating in in a bailout and California's on their own and that's where i come in because i had this experience in 2009 and 2010 one of the ideas that we kicked around was California used to have and still has the largest manufacturing sector in the country, but it used to be much, much larger. And with China going down, you know, globalism ending, all of those factories have to come back and reshore in the U.S. But California buys a third of its electricity out of state, um, e even though historically it, uh, they've knocked down the oil business by 80 percent. Um, because they don't have any water. They haven't built any above ground water storage uh, since 1974. And you need water and electricity for uh, manufacturing, for you know, fracking of oil, for greater amount of crop production. All of those things, the traditional businesses of California were sort of let, you know, go a, a bad way because this tech boom you know was was the machine that drove the system imagine joe that california had it, it from 1978 had a 13 and a half times multiple for personal income that's fantastic but the state revenues went up 18 and a half times so you see where I'm going here? If your government, you know, pushing this, you know, tech uh, system, which generates capital gains and you know, crazy money from crypto and all of this, you know, turns out to be massive amounts of cash uh, for the state government. So we're now at a position in California with a $235 billion budget. They collected $169 billion of taxes last year. That sounds like seventy billion dollars. Small, small problem, yeah. right? Well, and that and that's with some of the highest tax rates in the country. It's not like they can continue to raise them. Yet, at some point, you're like, you know, nobody can pay it. I mean, you know, and everybody's going to leave the state. You know, this this exodus will just increase. Hey, I tell you what, I'm really anxious to hear about this and a bit of history too that you shared uh, that I saw a couple months ago about California. Uh, but let's take a real quick break and we'll be right back uh, with Chris Street. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. These are parlous times for liberty in the United States and for the Constitution and the rule of law. House Republicans have joined with their Democrat colleagues to oust Republican Representative George Santos, only the sixth member to ever be removed from the lower legislative chamber. Three were removed in 1861 after they joined the Confederacy, and the other two following their convictions of the crimes of which they were accused. Santos has been accused of fraud crimes but not convicted. This is a premature, preemptive strike by Republicans on one of their own, and it sets a dangerous precedent. Now, I hold no grief for George Santos. He seems, quite frankly, like a wingnut, but it's up to the constituents of his district to remove him from office absent a criminal conviction. This is just one more episode in the long history of Republicans bowing to Democrat will. It seems as though when Democrats win elections, they get 
their own way. And when Republicans win elections, Democrats still get their own way. This is why we're so upset with the Republican Party. Grow a pair, stand up, and say no to the other side. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. She used to dance and dream of a better life, a brighter future, with nutritious food to eat, a chance to learn, to get an education, and do incredible things. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, she dances for the world. Together, we give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams by ensuring that they have access to health care, education, life skills, and more so they can grow, thrive, and believe in themselves. Gracias. Gracias. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. You're with Joe Hoff on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. We are back with Mr. Chris Street from uh, California, from the state of New California, in his efforts there to help create a new state in California using that West Virginia model, and so much more. And and a, certainly a finance guy as he helped uh, figure out the, uh, I guess the uh, default for Orange County years ago, and now he's seeing the same thing happen in California again. Chris. Um, you mentioned uh, during the break, and then I mentioned too. I saw you speak a couple, a uh, couple months ago, I guess now, and you started kind of talking about the history of California and America, but how California was so instrumental in uh, with the gold rush of the Forty ers um, really uh, gave a lot of wealth to the United States, and maybe at a time when it needed it. But what what kind of history lessons do you have for us before we kind of start talking about the uh, more on this current status of the state of California? The United States uh, got going really in 1857 when the British brought an army over and they were going to march over the Allegheny Mountains and, and you know, take the Ohio Valley from the French. And it was going to be you know, they, they were going to own the continent of America. Um, and in doing that, they came over and there was this guy, George Washington, who, who desperately wanted to be a British officer. But they wouldn't let him. They let him be adjutant to the general, General Braddock. So the, the Americans, as they're getting ready to go, they have um, 2,000 British, the, the top organization, top army, and about 700 colonials. And the colonials go, where's your Indians? And the British go, what Indians? Says, well, you need guides to go over the mountains. And they go, we're the British Empire. We guide ourselves. <laughs> so, of course, they go over the mountains and they come down and they run into 340 uh, Indians and about 40 French. So the the British, you know, they take position, they go down on their knees, they're ready to shoot. The Indians scatter on the side, come around their flanks, start shooting. No one has ever done this kind of, you know, unsavory, uh, uh, you know, disrespectful kind of thing. And so the British start trying to shoot them and they're shooting each other and they're shooting the Americans. It, it just is a giant um, beehive uh, and uh, event, if it wasn't for the Indians finding the, the British wagon trains with all, they brought, you know, gold and everything else, all their stuff they had with them, um, 
if that hadn't happened, there would be even more dead. But the, but the British lost a thousand killed, and most of the ones killed were scalped while alive, and took three to four days to die. This got back to Europe and scared Europe to death. You know, this was the this was the most horrendous story they ever heard. So you know, the 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 British do end up winning the French and Indian War. And, you know, the, the world goes on, but what the Americans learned is they could beat them because they had Indians and they knew how to be Indians. So later mm -hmm. on, you had this rebellion and, and the Americans won. And, uh, you know, they, they first formed a government that didn't work at all. Um, and then they had a constitution. And uh, the constitution set up um, uh the first stability for the United States. And eventually that constitution um, uh, with Jefferson allowed the United States to buy the Louisiana Purchase. And then they did mm -hmm. control that valley. Uh, but over the next uh, 45 years, um, the United States had six financial uh, crashes. Two banks of the United States failed, went bankrupt. And it was the second worst credit in the world. And at the time, the British Empire ran the world with 80, 60 to 80 tons of gold in their vault. In the first year of the 1848 gold rush, the, uh, California gave the United States uh, 80 tons of gold. And in the next uh, nine years, it got up to 750 tons of gold. So literally from the worst credit, the United States had 10 times the gold of the British Empire. And that drove America all the way through the Civil War, where you could actually be building railroads uh, and you know, fighting major armies. It, it went all the way up until the 1880s. Um, and, and when the gold sort of stopped panning out, you had these real estate plays, Joe. You know, you see these everywhere, right? And it went to a complete boom. But it crashed in California, started in a place called Los Angeles, where property had gone up 2,000% in about a seven-year period. <laughs> it lost 90%. And that crash then went back upstream and took the United States into the worst depression in the history of the country, 1893. Well, mm. three, three dudes with pick and shovel you know, in a place now called Beverly Hills, people have heard of that now, slant mined down to the largest pool of oil and, and changed the world with an oil boom. That oil boom, you know, drove the United States to the largest manufacturer of the world. Um, that drove us through World War One and uh, uh, through uh, up until World War Two. But in the interim, we ran out of customers with this manufacturing machine and we started the world depression. And it was worse in the United States than it was anywhere else because uh, unfortunately the United States, you know, tried to do communist policies, literally um, tried to implement communist, communist policies that made it even worse. Um, out of nowhere, you get World War II, you know, the place they're gonna, hmm. that comes back fastest is California. That's where the brains are. Yeah. That's where the oil knowledge was. So that was the tech center of the country. You go up all the way into the 70s, you know, you, you run out of customers and get competition. You have a crash. And as I said, then you get this current 
uh, boom, which uh, started in 78. And we are just completing our 45th year and we are massively crashing in California. But we're about maybe 12 or 18 months ahead of the United States. So my look is that the crisis California seeing this massive drop in tax revenue is going to hit the United States by the second quarter of this year, next year. And so we're in for a good one. But this mm. is also what tends to, you know, the United States, we tend to tear down our failed, you know, past policies. We, we can actually walk away. We've had a history of doing that. Um, and, and we'll walk away from the current cycle. And I believe you're on the cusp of the greatest economic boom. All of these have a religious, you know, enlightenment element to them. All, all of these have a great cultural um flowering. So I, I think as bad turns out to be good in the United States and California is leading us into a really bad time. Wow. So um, well, how does that tie into this uh, new California movement? Well, new California's position, what I learned in 2009 and 2010 was that California, each one of these cycles, you know, it, at some point it would be existential. And since they didn't fail in 2009 and 2010, they sort of doubled down on spending and they doubled down on the stock market. And, and their, the revenues absolutely ballooned from 90 billion before, you know, in 2007 to 245 billion. And one thing about California is we not only spend money here, but our government passes um, amendments which lock in the spending. So you really can't cut spending. So I believe that this is the opportunity to take California, you know, carve out the social justice wonderland, you know, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Sacramento, and take the other 85% of the, of the state and turn it into a more traditional conservative state with lower taxes, lots of water, cheap water, lots of electricity, cheap electricity, and win the reshoring of America. I believe that's doable, and I believe it's going to happen. Well, I believe uh, what you're saying is accurate. And I think um, you guys, California, listening to your talk in particular a couple months ago, was like California has led movements that are incredible. We look at Silicon Valley and, and the technology that's come as, as a result. Smart people uh, that just uh, some of them that became pretty business savvy, like Steve Jobs and others. And. And what a what a story! I mean, we, we've got movies about these guys now, and uh, how California has changed the world in so many ways. And uh, it's it's sad though for a lot of us to see just what's going on there. And then, um, but it's really uh, I like what you're saying here about New California. I didn't understand Paul when he first told me about it, and uh, then he said, "Well, we're using this West Virginia model from the Civil War, where they said the tyranny's too much. We're not we don't have representation, and we don't want to go to the Confederacy. We want to." We want to stay in the union and uh, they use the constitution to form a new state. And I think that's just brilliant what you guys are doing. And certainly there's tyranny. You got that Southern border. You've got this mass massive spending taxation beyond belief. So I think you have a pretty good argument there. And, and like you're saying, there's just uh, there's a strong reason to continue to move in this direction. What do you have to say about uh, well, Newsom and and his efforts during COVID to take away personal rights and freedoms, but the southern border, 
I'm seeing videos every day of military age men crossing that border coming into this country. I've got Michael Yan on the show tomorrow. He's been down at the border and doing great reporting right. there. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts with that? How's California reacting to all this? Well, it, you know, people don't understand what America is. This is a country that, that has 340 million people and about 530 million weapons. <laughs> so we're armed to the teeth. Uh, you know, don't, don't ever underestimate Americans, but we're kind of a people that are busy and involved and, and we're, we're always doing something new. So we don't really turn until a certain point it gets that bad. And I, and it's not guys our age that really can move the needle here. It's young kids. I'll give you an interesting issue. Um, engagement uh, has been the number one uh, issue on the Wall Street. Uh, I, I think the uh, University of Chicago poll, they talk about the most uh, important issues are, you know, money, business, engagement, lifestyle, uh, you know, a, a number of issues. Engagement has been the top, but that's really sort of a code word for progressive politics. This year, it dropped to the bottom. So I think that these mm -hmm. kids, because I teach these university classes and I lecture like this, and, and when I lecture like this, Joe, I want to tell you, the kids get off their seat. They start getting into it. They want to swim in this history and understand how these really dynamic things happen by individuals, not, not famous people, but individuals. And it really get, gets them going. And uh, you can see in, in the way the students have been in the last two years that they really don't like adults screaming down their throat all of this woke propaganda. You know, that's not what young people really get off on. And they've changed their attitude to think that I don't want to be like my loser, you know what, brother and sister living in the basement of my parents' house. I, I want to have I, I want to have a, a, a girlfriend. We want to have a dog. Then we want to get married. Then we want to have children. And if you go to a, any coffee shop in California, the number one best dressed, perfect woman coming in and women measuring each other, they're very critical, is a girl that comes in with her arm on her uh, young husband, pushing a baby stroller with the dog. That tells you that they want to build something different. They're not mm -hmm. into this experience world. They're, they're, mm. they're, they're nesting, and they want that world. So they want to be dynamically different, just like my generation wanted to be dynamically different than their parents. Um, out here, you have all these liberal parents. They call them hype dads. <laughs> hype mm. dads, you know, got to be too cool for cool, and, you know, got all the right trends and all that. But that's kind of not what your kid, your kid doesn't want to dress like hype dad and, and you know, and, and be like hype family. And on uh, Instagram, now, if you, you look at the way people communicate, it used to be sort of gauche to talk politics. Now it's all politics. And it's supposed to make you cool. Right. The kids don't yeah. like that. And they're moving away from it. So they're actually abandoning um, social media and uh, what's really growing fast is Substack. I'm, I don't know if you use it wow. or familiar. Yeah. 
Well, I've got a website and I haven't started a Substack. Do you have, you, do you have a Substack, by the way? Or no, I'm, a, a place I'm just where about to follow? start with. Okay, great. Well, we're going to have to follow you there. That. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Chris, we got to go, but man, great, great having you here. We have to have you back. Congratulations on all you do. Thanks for helping America, New California, and, and all that you've done. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate all, you, all you've done. Thanks for being here. Nice to be here. Thank you. Thanks a lot. And we'll be back tomorrow on The Joe Hoff Show.